Welcome once again to the Vantage Performance Podcast. This week we're looking at mentoring. Now you might think it's not for you because you're too old, you're too well progressed in your career. Uh, perhaps you think you've got nothing new to learn or what you will learn you're going to pick up from courses or from textbooks, not from a cosy chat over a coffee with a mentor. Uh, but for a moment, suspend any doubts you might have and hear the case for mentoring sue morgan is a fellow of the australian institute of management she's a director at vantage performance where she specializes in executive coaching working with board ceos and business owners now as well as 20 years in the commercial world she's also been interestingly an officer in the military which she reckons gives a solid grounding in leadership team building and effective communication and we've got her on the line now sue i mean you must have heard those comments i made earlier about mentoring you must have heard a lot of those uh, from senior executives saying, you know, what would I want with a mentor? Absolutely. And it was interesting. One of the things that's sticking in my in my brain from the intro that you've just um, facilitated there is the perception of a cosy chat over a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when I come on to what mentoring isn't, that's absolutely um, sort of defining what it isn't for me. Right. Um, it is not having nice conversations. It's, it's not about having a cosy chat. It's um, having challenging it. conversations, as you imagine. Absolutely. Mm. Having challenging conversations with clear goals that are outlined up front with mentoring. You also mentioned something interesting at the beginning, which was um, the perception that, you know, I'm at the top of the game now and uh, been there, seen there, done it, and, and what do I need? I actually think the greatest danger, particularly for chief executives and senior executives in organizations, is the moment they think they've got it all figured out. I think it's a very dangerous moment. Yeah, I'm and sure. And do you think many do think like that? I think, it, very interesting, there's a great book, and it's called Why Smart Executives Fail by Finkelstein. He notes deadly habits in there, and most of them relate to unchecked egos, lack of emotional intelligence, overconfidence, as opposed to what we would traditionally see as reasons for business failure. And you can look at, um, for example, Enron, Jeffrey Skilling, incredibly mm. bright man. Nobody could say he wasn't bright. But, um, you know, could he have done with a mentor? Absolutely. Well, I mean, the interesting thing is, I mean, I mean, my dad wasn't any uh, great, inter you know, any great intellect. But the one thing I remember him saying to me was uh, that's always stuck in my mind. He said, D just never stop learning, you know, because uh, there's always something you need to learn. Of course, circumstances always change as well. So, I mean, you, you cannot know everything because you don't know the world tomorrow because it's going to be a very different place. And I guess it's it's all about I would have thought having a mentor is is having someone to challenge your thinking. And that's that's very healthy. Very much so. I mean, this is all about challenge. It's about stretch. It's about being an independent sounding board. It's that provision of diversity of thought. It's looking for the blind spots that might exist. And hey, if Richard Branson can put his hand up and say he's got six of them, right. um, you know, I, I think all of us could probably do with saying, you know, who could challenge me? Who's going to um, question my perception of reality? So you need someone um, who's going to be brutally honest in that case. Yeah. Brutally honest isn't necessarily the way that I would put it. You <laughs> definitely need someone who is going to be honest. Right. You need to have those challenging conversations. You don't want someone who's going to skirt around the difficult issues in the room. Um, you want someone who is going to um, hold you accountable in terms of being able to hold a mirror up to your own actions and what you're doing and how others perceive that. Um, it can be really effective in some mentoring programs, actually, to also have a, a, a sort of a shadow 
functionality there. So, so some mentors actually, you know, stroll around the office with their mentees um, and just watch some of the in- engagements and interactions as well. That does start to cross over into more of a coaching role, um, but you can have huge value by, by actually seeing someone in there their working environment. Mm, so we're doing it once or twice anyway, you know, I'm, I'm, mm. I'm sure that adds value. But how do you find, I mean, a person who can do this, particularly if you're dealing with, uh, with you know, someone who's got a reputation, who's doing well in the, in, in the business world and, um, you know, I mean, how are you going to find someone who can actually match them? I mean, in, in terms of experience and intellectually. I, th- I think the first thing you have to come back to, first of all, is what the need is. So you need to identify the need first of all to then determine whether you can source somebody as a mentor from your own network um, and sort of um, network extensively internally within your organization or just go to your network of peers and friends outside of that or whether the impact of what you're, you're facing or the urgency or the scale of the situation is such that you actually need a professional match. Mm. Um, and that, that's quite a, it's not a complicated process, it's a simple process, but it needs to be done thoroughly to make sure the match is right. So for me, if it is a general career progression, um, if the challenge and the impact is sort of relatively low, um, then by all means, go the route of, you know, probably a non-paying model. It's a source through your own networks, or it could even be through um, a lot of companies now run their own formal mentoring programs in-house. Um, but if the scale, the impact, the size of what you're, you're addressing is significant, then that's when I would advise going for a professionally sourced uh, mentor match. Right. And so... And be, just an example there, Phil, would be, um, I think Harvard Business Review is, is currently quoting two out of five new CEOs actually fail in their first 18 months on the job. Yeah. You know, and so when you're looking at that moment when they are used, then those significant change circumstances, change of role, change of responsibilities, um, you know, change in strategic direction, they're big issues to handle by yourself. And whilst you may have a fantastic plan and it's very robust, just having someone sitting there saying, have you considered and did you, did you know, are you aware? Is very useful. And should, if it is uh, for a CEO, does that mean that your mentor has to be somebody who's who's had that gig? You know, uh, perhaps a, a, a retired CEO, or I mean, I think there's you know there's a, having someone who's done the job before might be good, but actually a retired CEO can also see there's a problem. Perhaps that the, you know, a bit of old school thinking that you might want to challenge. Absolutely. And um, one of the challenges there as well, you know, uh, something a mentor shouldn't do is just create a clone of themselves. Mm. So you need to make sure <laughs> yeah. that 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 the mentor you're selecting has the ability to be very adaptive. Mm. And that, for me, is why a professional match can work better than just a network sometimes because in some instances, it is entirely appropriate and necessary to have someone who's walked in your shoes, faced exactly what you're facing in the same industry um, under the same circumstances. In other circumstances, you're actually going to get more value as somebody from a different industry, different background, who comes in and says, well, why do you do it that way? So they're going to challenge those perceptions um, and the group think that can exist in organizations. Um, so it, for me, it's entirely dependent on the circumstances, very, very specific needs, um, and identifying those goals up front. What do you want to achieve out of this and making sure the person 
doing the mentoring has the ability to achieve those goals with you. So you're talking about, uh, you mentioned professional mentors uh, a few mm. times. I never even actually thought that uh, that such a beast existed, actually. I thought most of most of mentoring was just done through, uh, you know, sort of like localised networks. So these professional mentors, I mean, what, what's, their, what's their background? Because, again, I would think there's a danger that a CEO might be going, look, you know, if you haven't risen to the same ranks that I have, why should I be listening to you? Mm. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example of a couple of mentors that I currently work with. Um, one is... Um, ex-PWC partner, he's got 25 years um, experience restructuring and turnaround um, across a broad range of industry sectors. Um, now his specialist skill set that he brings for a particular challenge at an organization or to an organization, um, very, very difficult to find and source. He doesn't go hands-on into a company, he's purely there as a mentor on a sounding board for a CEO to go okay, is this working? What do you think of this? How's this going to work? Am I on the right track? So drawing on a huge wealth of experience. Completely flip side, I'm working with another organization at the moment who have an issue around retention. And one of the issues they have is that the young and upcoming people in the organization are Generation Y. And the older, gray-haired um, sort of brigade at the top don't really understand what motivates them, what, um, what's going to make them aspire to want to be leaders in their business. So they have a reverse mentor programming in place mm. whereby their senior executives are mentored by um, juniors within the organization. And it gives them an insight and a learning into how Generation Y thinks, how they want to be managed, what inspires them. So it can be both ends of the spectrum. Now, you said you didn't like the idea that it uh, all happened over a coffee, but it, I mean, in, in, in reality, <laughs> glass probably... Glass of wine's not bad. <laughs> glass of wine, all right. So it's at the end of the day rather than the middle of the day. So, I mean, but I mean, the, the format for it, I mean, how do you, if you've, if you've got a mentor, how do you work together best? I mean, do you bring ideas to the table or is it just an open discussion? Uh, do, you, do, you put, uh, do you put measures of success against it? How, how do you work it? Absolutely. I think there are, some, there are some really critical things to make it successful. The first is making sure the chemistry is right between people, mm. making sure that boundaries are set in place, making sure that both parties are equally committed to the process. You know, trust, confidentiality and discretion without negotiation. <laughs> um, and then making it work for you, it's, you can have formally structured mentoring programs or informally structured you need to make it work for you, though, so it needs to be around your schedule, your time, your method. Um, it can be, so it might suit you to do it in the office. It might suit you to do it in a coffee shop. It depends entirely what works for you. But define it up front, set the boundaries, and in that first piece, make sure you define your goals as well. So what do you want out of it? That way you can measure the progress you make with your mentor and decide whether or not it's working for you. So can it work both ways? Could you, uh, could you actually have a sort of like a, a dual direction uh, mentoring happening? I mean, you gave the example, for example, of the, the Generation Y with the, with the, perhaps with the senior staff. Uh, could that senior staff be uh, mentoring the, the, the Gen Y mentor at the same time? Absolutely, and some of the best mentors I know would fully expect mentoring to be a two-way street. Um, you may differentiate on the sessions sort of so that you have uh, space to think around your particular goal, whether you're the mentee or the mentor in, during the conversation. But um, the best mentors I know are those who have very clear, open lines. They don't go in saying, I've got all the answers, but they do go in with the ability to challenge um, think across boundaries, mm. challenge perceptions, um, 
and adopt a new thinking. So definitely a two-way street. It's all about not getting stuck in a rut, isn't it, really, Absolutely. at the end of the day? Absolutely. So, and everyone can benefit from that. So, I mean, I guess, the, you know, in answer to the question, here I'm asking the questions and answering them at the same time. To save, you the, to save you the bother. I know, as to who actually needs a mentor, uh, everyone, I would have thought, could benefit in one way or another, whether it's a formal one or just a, a sort of like a, a casual arrangement. Mm. I mean, I, I think I, I sort of mentioned Richard Branson earlier, but people like Mark Zuckerberg as well, for example, you know, he had Steve Jobs as a mentor and Warren Buffett. <laughs> Jeez, if people like that need them, yeah. you know, um, I just think it's in terms of blind spots, it's, it's quite a big ego that would sit there and say, I don't need anybody to bounce ideas off or challenge my thinking or ask me if there is another or better way of doing things. Mm. So for me, this is about, and I think some of the greatest leaders are the most humble ones. Yeah, so often. for me, this, this, this taps into humility um, and having someone who is a trusted advisor and confidant that you can bounce ideas off. Yeah. Okay. Well, that uh, all makes perfect sense. I guess if it's not working out, there's, there is the danger, isn't there, that you'll kick it off. And first time, you might not get it right, and uh, you could uh, you could just decide to throw it all away. But I imagine it's one of those things that perhaps it needs a couple of false starts before you get uh, before you get it spot on. And that's maybe where I draw the difference between um, seeking a mentor yourself and doing a professional match mentor. Mm. With the professional match mentor, there's usually a common baseline that's established up front. So through some personality profiling, emotional intelligence testing, um, communication conflict style. You make it sound like a dating agency. (laughs) You know what? It is a dating agency. (laughs) Well, it is really in a way. It is. It's a mentor match. Yeah. Um, maybe we should do some speed dating on it. There you go. That, that's that would be idea. an interesting there we concept. Are. That's the way we're brainstorming already. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so looking, establishing that common baseline of, of what an individual needs, looking at the goals. So is it organizational challenge? Is it a personal challenge? Is it you know, stepping into a new role as a CEO for the first time? Yeah. And then matching that to the specific, absolutely essential up front. So get that match right. Um, the next thing is make sure those goals are set in the first couple of sessions because that will enable you to very quickly stop anything dead if it's going off track or not achieving or adding value to your day. Yeah. All right. Well, and, and I guess those goals are going to move. I mean, if you're talking to somebody who's set a set a series of goals, uh, they're the goals they've perceived. You know, I might be mentoring you, for example, and say, look, you're concentrating on these things. The problem is you're concentrating on these things. You know, there's, there's something else here you need to be talking Absolutely, about. Absolutely, because very often people will come with the symptom and not the cause. Yeah. Um, and that's where a lot of mentors use coaching methodologies as a tool in what they do. So it facilitates insight by an executive into um, what their actions are, but it embeds behavioral change because it's self-directed. So it's not someone necessarily, a really good mentor won't just sit there and say, this is how you do it. Um, They will pick a time and a place to do that, but they'll also use um, some coaching techniques in there to get people to have their own insights. You know, ideas are a bit like children. The best ones are always your own. Mm, Of course. (laughs) Um, and that's probably probably why that style works well in mentoring as well. But there are a lot of different styles in mentoring. So mentoring is for everybody. It's uh, It's got to be targeted. It's got to be focused. Uh, you've got to make sure you've got the right person. And it probably involves a bottle of wine. That's, uh, that's, what, that's what I'm taking out. Uh, yes. Sue, <laughs> good to talk. Thanks for your advice. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed, Phil.